three, four. The common counterpart. Welcome back to The Common Counterpart. I'm Mark. And I'm Josh. Happy summer. Happy official summer. First day, second day of summer. I think the official day was yesterday. Yes, that, that's a science thing. It's the longest day of the year. Correct. Um. I don't know. I don't, I honestly, <laughs> As he shrugs I honestly off. don't care. I don't know. I don't uh, care. It's been a while, my friend. It has been. It's been not, a rough month. Not for lack of effort. I mean, I've tried really hard. That's not true. That is true. Um... It's just the last month of school. Yeah, I get it. Slash transition to summer school well, stuff. And you've got two young children. I've sure. got, you know, I've got an empty nest. I know. You have all the time in the world. I've got all the time in the world, and uh, uh, surprisingly, a lot more money in my bank account for some reason. That's how it works, my friend. When you make the older kids get their own jobs and pay for their own stuff. When uh, are they going to start paying for your stuff? Probably my fifties, no, seventies, eighties. It'll be nice, right, when they reach for the check. Oh. The the son-in-law has offered a couple times, but Can't I do it yet, huh? but I can see the fear in his eye as if I'm going to take him up on He's it. Like, oh please no, please no, it's not going to make it. It's going to get declined. <laughs> yeah, well we are not on pace, but we're here. We are. What uh, do we have a number? Well, we're supposed to do two a month. Right, we were supposed to, but, but I still have yet to go to the gym since summer school started. So this isn't the first resolution we've we violated. No, and it probably won't be the last. Mm-mm. But we're back. We are, and we have a. Very fun episode. I'm so excited about this. You okay, the listeners? His, he's been talking about this for quite some time. I, I think it it just sounds too fake to be real. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that it is real, in it's just like the most. I don't want to say like crazy idea. Yeah. But the fact that some people just it's like it's a Elon type of idea, right? Like yeah. people just have dumb money where you just think that the laws of life don't apply to you. Yes, it also sounds like a rundown backwoods amusement park. That also could be the case. Yeah. So we are continuing our series on the Forgotten, and we are headed to South America to talk about Fortlandia. Fordlandia. Fordlandia, uh, which is exactly like it sounds. Yeah. It is the land that Ford built. Sir Henry. Yes. Uh, now, you sent this to me, and... I- I thought it was a joke. It has to be. I, I really thought it was it was a uh, uh, an uh, homage to Henry Ford. It was the Brazilian. Again, I thought it was an amusement park. I didn't know what it was going to be, and I do got to give Henry Ford some some credit. He saw himself an issue, right? So, for those of you who don't know, Henry Ford uh, built cars. He okay? built he built him many a car, many, many a car, and he did a really good job until people started to realize. I think I want something else other than the Model T or the Model A. And he, if you haven't read up on on Henry Ford, he is a fascinating character. Historically, politically, uh, in, they, they call him an anti-Semite, but I've never actually come across anti-Semitic. A lot of the things people cite on that, he had his own newspaper. Oh, that's right. And he, you know, produ- produced it? Edited it? What would you call it? What do you call it when you run a newspaper? I don't know. I, I think... No, I don't know. He edited it himself. (laughs) So uh, a lot of it came from that. Okay. Um, But yeah, obviously super influential, oftentimes credited with the assembly line. Yes. Not really his. No. But he did perfect it. 
Okay. So kind of hard. You, a lot of those early inventions, it's mm. like really easy to be like, right. oh, it was this guy, when it's like, mm, history is a lot more complicated. But he that. was also a, a huge proponent of fair, healthy living. He was the one who promised to give his workers significantly more money than they could have made someplace else. But as uh, workers of four, they had to have a contract. Have you ever seen this contract? No. So they had to keep a tidy house. They had to keep their children in check. Um, they had sort of auditors. Yeah, there are a lot of rules. He's a yeah. big rule guy, and we're going to get into that because Fordlandia is no exception to that. No. Now, Henry Ford was a man of vertical integration. Okay. The vertical versus the horizontal. Yes. So, are you familiar with vertical integration? I hate it. Okay. Yeah. Bubba, do you know what vertical integration <laughs> is? You know what? I, I, I don't. Mark, please educate me. As a listener, you're supposed to say no. Yes. That sounds a, interesting. I know, but I'm not. Hey. But then people are going to think that you're smarter than me, and I just. Yeah, I know. So vertical integration, type of business built where you own every mean of production. So from uh, raw materials all the way to the end, mm -hmm. you don't have to deal with a middleman. Mm -hmm. Versus horizontal integration where you just take one aspect of business and you own all of it. Can you give me the best example of horizontal integration railroads not not god it's like that's the best one coca-cola early on coca-cola just made the syrup the bottlers had to pay for the bottles when it got to the place the people selling the coke had to provide their water they just made the syrup yeah i still think railroads is better fine you can have the railroads but you're wrong well so so did, he's got a problem what is the problem? The problem is the price of rubber is going up. But can't you just tell the people in the South to make more rubber? Well, as a man of environmental capacity. Some, yes, some would say. Which is what you are. Mm -hmm. You know that you can't grow rubber anywhere you want. Really? Now, here's, here's my big thing. I still don't believe it comes from trees. Because all I see is a tire... Okay. And I'm thinking, are those just growing on the trees? Well, and this is why I get paid the big bucks. I have extensive knowledge of rubber harvesting. Are you a rubber topper? Uh, are you tapping the trees? Uh, I could. You I could, could I, not I, I tap could, a tree. I could easily rubber tap really? a tree. Yeah. I would love to see that. Well, and it does have to be a rubber tree. Of course. Um, but I'm not yeah. going to set you up for failure. No, I, I, I did some research, and there's okay. a cool little uh, knife. It's, it's, it's uh, laborious work. It reminded me a lot of um, the, the chocolate farmers. It is hard stuff. Yeah. This is not like an easy go, you know, this isn't going to be something that you can do. And you can't do it everywhere. That One of the reasons why it's so hard is because of the environment in which it grows isn't yes. doing you any favors. You're yeah. not harvesting in San Diego. No, and it's not... Uh, when we'll talk a little bit about uh, the best way to grow it, but typical Western farming is monoculture. You yeah. just grow a whole bunch of it in one spot, and rubber trees don't don't like that. So, do, do we know specifically why Ford picked the Amazon rainforest of Brazil specifically for Fordlandia? Yeah. So there's a story there, but before we do that, I want to I want to talk about Sri Lanka. Okay. Because that is the major issue. So Okay, well you tangent. Squirrel. Kind of. Explain Sri Lanka. It's coming back. So Sri Lanka owned by the British. Currently? As, as a colony. No. Okay. 
Now, the British were very good at stealing things. Right. Some people would say it's, it's their best attribute. It is kind of their thing. Yeah. So they steal or smuggle mm-hmm. or borrow, mm-hmm. whatever you want to say, rubber trees from the Amazon, yes. and they take them to Sri Lanka mm-hmm. because they don't grow in Sri Lanka, but right. now they do. Yes. And so because Britain is the best when it comes to raw materials, when it comes to shipping, when it comes to controlling markets, mm-hmm. they have sort of the rubber market at their fingertips and they can do what they want. Now, I just want to add one thing. <clears throat> one of the reasons the rubber plantations work better in Southeast Asia is because they are technically invasive species, which means there is no known predator. And, that's, that's the, and we're going to see that becomes very important. Exactly. So they got lucky with this one because sometimes those invasive species either don't work out too well or they work out too good like kudzu or or zebra mussels. Um, now, how many times have they stolen something and it hasn't worked out so we don't know about it? Right. I would venture to say hundreds. But they don't write Poss- those histories. They don't. In fact, that'd be... A, it's getting harder and harder, right, to... to really nail down some of those obscure histories. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be, you don't want to be writing down your mistakes, but no. this time they killed it, right? They got it right. So yeah. they, they have rubber, they're in mm-hmm. control of it. Automobiles becoming very important. Mm-hmm. Rubber is essential. And, and would so you, they're raising the prices. And because you can't do wood tires. Tough. Can't do metal tires. And then rubber, once you've industrialized the raw production of rubber to its industrial form you can take that i mean once you've got the raw rubber material you can ship that anywhere and turn it into whatever you want and they're going to start doing that Mm -hmm. right it's going to start becoming important we're not going to get synthetic rubber for a long time so the brits now is henry ford uh working with british owned rubber colonies to get his material he is he is trying to he's having to source these materials essentially you know he's not a fan of that right vertical integration would say Mm -hmm. you need to get your own Mm -hmm. so he has an old heart-to-heart conversation with his buddy teddy roosevelt finished a great documentary on the history channel on tr i love me some tr not a perfect man but he's on mount rushmore so that does say something is the moose picture not one of the best pictures of all time i always thought it was fake it's so good yeah so Teddy loved himself some travel, mm-hmm. and he has a conversation about this particular area in the Amazon. Gives him the idea. Uh-huh. He says, sounds pretty good. Maybe I should go build myself a utopia down there. So you can blame Teddy Roosevelt for spilling the beans on this location. <laughs> the, the, the same man who uh, kicked a bunch of indigenous people off of their native land so he could conserve it he is saving it <laughs> for what i don't know okay so but, and this is post presidential teddy yes in this the is, te- teens or 20s yes okay so we have our area now mm-hmm. now ford is a bit of an egomaniac and so he went looking for a place in the world that already had his name on it correct okay and he was and lu- <laughs> lucky fordlandia enough. brazil also better name though right <laughs> yeah not good not good at branding now, himself he not only thought that he was the best at what he did, he also thought that he could be a maker of men. He thought that he's going to transform this area and it's going to be a service to mm-hmm. the world. Uh, and again, white Christian capitalist is going to show the poor 
dirty indigenous people how to live properly. And he's going to do them a huge favor by letting them work in the humidity and the mosquitoes and the mud. Uh, and he's going to feed them. Wasn't he a vegan or something like that? No, we're going to get into the diet because it's okay. pretty funny. Got now, it. he, has to, he has to get some land. Mm-hmm. It's not free. So he goes to the Brazilian government. Mm-hmm. And he cuts himself a little dealy deal. Okay. So this deal, of course, what's good for the goose, <laughs> it's good for the old gander. Okay. What do you pay? Do you know? So uh, a couple different figures that I saw, including a couple of different um, sizes of land. Because I was trying to figure uh-huh. out how much he actually got. So I've seen estimates of a million acres. Mm-hmm. I've seen estimates of two million acres. Uh, but he's going to be exempted from taxes. The sweet deal. Because he's going to end up giving them 9%. I feel like this is like a Shark Tank deal. In exchange for our land, you will give us 9% of the profits. So 9% okay. of the profits. To the Brazilian government. So 7% going to the Brazilian government uh-huh. and then 2% going to locals, local okay. governments. So that's the deal he cuts. Uh-huh. Now literally cuts because he has to start then cutting. Because the forest is full of trees. Right. And this is when deforestation was viewed as a good idea because you were clearing worthless trees as some might say of course you're wiping out the ecology and the biodiversity uh of the forest now did he bring uh hard-working union uh, american workers to do that so we got some issues with the workers because <laughs> it's a hard sell we also have a hard time getting there this yeah. is the rain this is the rainforest and it's so deep we it... don't have roads mm-hmm. so we have to use rivers mm-hmm. now the river's are not the same height all year round. These are not controlled with dams, levees, and everything else. So we have to wait for the rainy season. Mm-hmm. So imagine just trying to put this whole thing together where you're trying to construct a city from scratch and no, <laughs> there's no general contractor who's like mm-hmm. negotiating and navigating the whole thing. So stuff just starts showing up. The food comes too early. The water tower comes too late. Oh, We're wow. trying to get all of these things in. Everybody's dying from malaria and yellow fever. The whole thing is a mess. So for them to try and put this whole thing together piece by piece, there are a lot of people that are already upset from the very beginning because it's not as smooth. You're trying to pull indigenous workers from the community, right, who are used to the terrain, who are used to the environment. And then you're also mm-hmm. trying to bring in managers and you know, people who are going to run the day-to-day business from mm-hmm. the United States thinking that they're all of a sudden just going to work together and things are mm-hmm. going to be cool. They don't do <clears throat> themselves any favors when they go down there and they kind of already set up these like two little camps. Okay. So they have two different areas where people are going to be living. The Americans are living in one section. Oh, And yeah. the Brazilians are in the other, right? Got it. Nothing like camaraderie. Yeah, in, uh, integration. Of course, one of them has running water. One of them doesn't. Okay. Right? You start having these. The, the, the biggest downfall, I think, for him is assuming that everybody is going to come together and it's just going to become this melting pot of, of culture and capitalism and everybody working together getting rich. Mm-hmm. It's not, not how it's going to be. Right. So they get this place built. He tries to, you're not far when you're talking about turning it into a resort. I mean, he brings in, a, there's a golf course, right. there's a hospital, he's trying to make uh, like these dance halls. He, he has to make this place attractive right. or people aren't going. But he's not making it attractive to the indigenous people. They don't want tennis courts? No. Ugh. 
No, I, and so uh, I, I was watching uh, uh, some of that, you know. So, yeah, maybe a dance hall and a cinema and that sort of thing. And obviously, if you're going to have uh, laborers, uh, you got to have a hospital. And you're, you're building homes and you're going to have families, so you have to build schools. But I did see that, you know, the executive side of th- things got a big fancy pool. Yeah, it's definitely you, – you created that mm-hmm. real fast, right? We, I mean, we've seen as, you know – civilization evolves over time we talk about the haves and the have nots Mm -hmm. you came in with the haves and the have nots Mm -hmm. and wonder why they don't want to sit together at lunch right and you know what's crazy is he did this during the depression he started the search i think in 27 28 and you've got america having a depression and there was some discussion that maybe he was trying to get american workers over to brazil Okay. And it's not, it's not coastal. It is smack dab in the middle of the rainforest. And uh, I guess a few Americans go over there, but most folks don't want to go. Um, and then, of course, not to mention, uh, in, in regards to uh, Henry Ford, it had to be done his way. And the boy never consulted a geologist, no a one. botanist, no. a hydrologist. He never brought in an expert and said, Help us understand how to build a rubber manufacturing plant in the middle of a rainforest. Or can we? Yeah. Or is this a good idea? When we talk about having too much money, you're like, oh, it'll be all right. Yeah, I'll just build it. it probably work out fine. Now, we talked about the rules and mm-hmm. how intense the tension was. When we, when we look at workers and managers, so the managers came in hot. Henry Ford was a very big stickler, again, on his way, mm-hmm. right? I think the assembly line really knocks that out. Like, these are the things that are non-negotiable. So a couple of these towns had some rules. We have no alcohol. Out? I'm out. It's tough, <laughs> right? That's a hard sell, yeah. We got no women. I didn't see that. We got no tobacco. Okay. And we got no football. Wait, like... uh Football. Football. Okay, got it. Um, no women. I think he's referring to oh, the old families. The, got it. The oldest, uh, you know, profession. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that. And and they would. You're right. They were auditors. They would come around and they would check. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I don't want to do that. No. Now, one thing I love about people is just their unwillingness to give up vices. So. They would do things like they had these riverboats that would come through. Mm-hmm. They would take them to some place called the Island of Innocence. Doesn't sound good. It's got bars <clears throat> and nightclubs and brothels. They were constantly getting contraband goods. They would like hollow out like watermelons and like put <laughs> things in there, like sneaking it in. Uh huh. It's just like you're not going to stop people from doing that. Never. They're going to try. And I think, you know, from a business standpoint, you don't want people. You want people at their best. You Fair. don't want them wasting time. Mm-hmm. He's a very efficient guy, right? Even the idea of like sports, like we don't have people playing sports, like it's going to be injuries. Mm-hmm. We also don't want them being distracted. It's a waste of time. We want them focusing on work. But you, if you don't let people unwind, not everyone is built like Henry Ford. Mm-hmm. Also, by the way, Henry Ford never went there. Yes, that's what so I, I saw that. He never visited. So it was super easy to set rules when you're that far sure. away. When you've been up since 5 a.m. tapping rubber trees mm-hmm. and your day is awful and all you want is a nice cold beer. Yeah. It's, it makes you real angry at the boss man real mm-hmm. quick. So uh, no surprise, I didn't grow up much of an a- athlete. But I remember my, my buddies doing 
uh, double days in football. Yeah. And uh, you came early in the morning, you waited for the heat to go away, and you came back at night. It made sense. You don't want your, your boys dehydrating. So uh, apparently in most tropical areas, uh, the work schedule is very uh, dictated by the, by the weather. And so Brazilian people in the Amazon were used to, you know, especially during the, the warmer seasons, you got up early, you worked earlier in the morning when it got too hot, you went home for a four, five, six hour lunch, you rested, and then you came back as it got cooler. Makes sense. Now, to a capitalist who, who wants assembly line production, it's a waste time. That looked like laziness. Right. But about noon, yeah. you're only getting 15% of the total production that you could be getting because right. everyone's tired, everyone's hot. No, I've never worked in 90 degree weather and 100% humidity, but I, I have to imagine it's not easy to do. It's got to be a nightmare. Yeah. Now, the cafeteria. Tell me about it. We got to feed these people. Mm hmm. Now, again, he's not consulting the local cuisine. Or a nutritionist. No, he's not checking. Yeah. He says, this is what you're going to eat. Brown rice, whole wheat bread, canned peaches, and oatmeal. Are you serious? Yep. That's, no, there's no protein? That's all I got. Would that make you angry if you... I, well, if I knew that's what I was going to be eating, and I had the right... You know, I could make a choice... Um, I wouldn't go, but yeah. So it's tough because this is gonna like really make people mad, mm -hmm. and so violence does break out. Mm -hmm. Now I love I was reading about this. They're talking about knife fights, and I'm just like imagining like West Side Story, <laughs> like yeah, everyone just like circling each other with knives. But I'm like, dude, it's the rainforest, right? Like, knives, like that's your that's your go to. But you, ha I'm assuming you have American uh, managers trying to impose impose this yeah. law okay or rule yeah and so there were a couple of incidents that were written down of um you know riots mm -hmm. people you know very upset at what was happening um trying to like burn things down trying to get rid of some of the managers there was a story about them chasing one of the managers into the forest for three days oh my gosh just like, dude, he probably thought he was dead for sure you all, and i don't know if he died or not I didn't really uh, running through a forest for three days is tough. gonna is gonna be a rough one yeah so we, we got a lot of uh a lot of different people coming together mm -hmm. trying to set this whole thing up now yeah. what i need from you I need to talk about the trees let's do it you talk about the rubber mm-hmm Again, not talking to anybody about it. Mm -hmm. To a capitalist, the more trees you plant, the, the more rubber you'll get. Absolutely. Tell me why that's a problem. Well, for some, you know, you look at corn. That works okay with corn in America or in, 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 in modern farming. But we use a lot of fertilizer. We use a lot of pesticides. And we irrigate a ton of water. We have completely and totally controlled the environment to grow monoculture corn. Now these rubber trees, uh, they you got to plant them, uh, kind of relatively long, skinny trunks. You're not really uh, it, it, there's no fruit. It's not it's not as though the rubber tree is producing some sort of seed or berry that you extract the rubber from. So you you're you're forcing the tree to go straight up, long and skinny, and it, you scar the tree. Now, scarring a tree is just like cutting your own skin, right? You're, you're breaking the barrier that prevents infection from getting in. Um, so when you put these trees really close together, they're competing for nutrients, they're competing for, for sunlight, and when one of them gets sick, they all get sick. 
and what a, a botanist or an ecologist would have told good old uh, Henry Ford is that in Brazil, those rubber trees exist, salt and peppered, spread out in a forest. You need different trees to separate one rubber tree from another rubber tree. You need that biodiversity. You need a little security force around your tree. Yes. Yeah, I was reading and, you know, all different types of bugs and different things that could get in there. And this thing kept coming up. I need you to define it for me. Leaf blight. Sounds like a fungus. Leaf blight. All right. They prey on the rubber. And I saw blight a couple of times, and I had no idea what that means. I thought there was a potato blight. I think blight might refer to the, uh, the, the bruising or discoloration. And I don't know if that was a bug or not. But, again, let's go back to how we responded to COVID. If everyone's shoulder to shoulder at a concert and someone's got COVID, you've got yourself a super spreader. So now you've got these trees in a natural environment with natural predators would not be allowed to be right next to each other. The environment just wouldn't allow it. And nature takes care of that by that tree dies. Exactly. tree comes in, right? And then Mm -hmm. so you have them. It's not more is more. Less Mm -hmm. is actually more. Right. And so in Sri Lanka, as I was looking at it, uh, again, there's no known predator. Uh, and there's the, the diseases haven't made it to Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka yet, but they still do plant those trees relatively far apart. Um, and so you don't have to worry about the infection. The other thing about these, uh, these trees is they actually score, they, they scrape away the bark in this sort of corkscrew fashion about quarter of an inch at a time, and the sap runs out, and it's like milk. They call it milk rubber. Um, and it, it, it spirals down the tree into a little bucket, and then the following day, they'll come through, they'll pick off the little rubbery, coagulated scab-looking thing over the tree, and then they'll score the tree again. But you're constantly damaging the tree. Uh, and so not only in Brazil were they too close together, but you were constantly putting them in a weakened uh, state. Could have easily been solved, right? Ask an expert. Ask an expert. They would have known this is not the location for it. No. And the, the other thing about these, uh, uh, about these trees, the trees do not like rocky soil. They do not like um, certain conditions. And guess what Mr. Ford bought? He bought incredibly rocky, wet soil. Uh, and so in Sri Lanka, they just got lucky. The geography was right. It was flat. It was well-drained. It didn't have too much rocks. And so the Brits got lucky and planted the rubber trees in the right spot. Mr. Ford, who apparently knows the proper nutrition of Brazilians, uh, just needed to consult an expert. The British are always getting lucky. They are. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of happy about it. I mean, there's a lot of advancements that happened with uh, the, the British colonialism. There's some bad stuff. Always some bad stuff. <laughs> so let's fast forward. Okay. Because we're trying to make this work and it's not working. Right. Now it is also like in the 19, late 1920s, early 1930s. 30. So there's not exactly like a ton, a ton of information. Mm-hmm. Um, so 1934 comes and it's over. Yeah, so it's not going to work. Not going to work. Mm-hmm. We're done. We got to figure out something else. So he tries again. <laughs> yes. If this doesn't work... 
Let's just yes. try another location. And it's it's further down the source from the river, which means it's closer to the ocean. But honestly, about 25 miles. Yeah, it's not, not too like far. We're like trying like a different part of the mm-hmm. world. We're just going to go a little bit down the road. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So we got to do something, right? Because we got to figure out how we're going to get this money back. Exactly. And eventually... Cannabis. <laughs> that would have been crazy. <laughs> we would have got into that. Talk to me about soybeans. Uh, can you give me a little little heads up? No. Sometimes you're an environmentalist. Um, uh, soybeans are um, uh, they are a staple crop. Uh, it's either soybeans, rice, corn, or wheat. Um, and if you can get them to grow, uh, they're an easy source for nutrition. They're an easy source for chicken feed and cattle feed. They seem to just be like the easy cheap out. Is that fair? Or are we just really good at them? Well, uh, we're finding more and more sources to so it's just like we we've sourced out every component of corn. I was gonna say I feel like it's corn. It's like corn 2.0. It is. Um, like it's but, just kind of like eh, soybeans. But the other thing about soy is that um, it's a uh, no fat plant protein, and so we're using a lot of it in sort of the you know 14 grams of protein advertising of course we weren't doing that back then so i think they were probably just trying to recoup some money on on uh either human feed or livestock feed so long story short ford gets soybeans into brazil oh i'm sorry they don't naturally grow (laughs) he sort of blows the market up okay and kind of allows for cargill yeah, still around. Still around. Yeah. 54 million tons. That's how much Brazil's exporting. Wait. Of soybeans. Because of Ford? Yeah. Okay. So what is that going to do? We're going to, we're going to, he's trying to find more uses for soybeans. Uh-huh. I, this is where I feel like he's like the Elon of like, where he's like, there's got to be another use. There's uh-huh. got to be something else. He's not doing this while he's down there. He's, t- he's trying to figure out a soybean car. No, he's not. Yes, he is. I've... Okay. Where Production you... of plastics, enamels, trying to figure out a way. Where are you getting your news? Uh, this is from uh, martacket.com. <laughs> <laughs> no. Are you serious? Uh, he's trying to figure out a fuel? I don't know if there's a fuel or if it was like literally trying to make this into like a plastic. Okay. And like trying to figure out how to do something else with soybeans. Okay. Why is this a big deal? Because now we're going to start getting large-scale agricultural business mm-hmm. in South America, which pushes out little people, which brings in pesticides, which clears out more forests, mm-hmm. which does all of these things that isn't going to be helpful for the economy. Right. It's going to be helpful for the capitalist. Yes. Right? Now, because this becomes a absolute disaster, they try and sell it back. So Henry Ford's grandson tries to sell this land back to the Brazilian government. Mm-hmm. He basically loses like 300 mil. Got it. In selling this back. Because it was abandoned. Yes. Also never produced any rubber. <laughs> That's my favorite part about <laughs> Fortlandia. <laughs> Didn't work. Didn't work at all. Yeah. Here's what I love about large sometimes governments, but I guess in this case, private industry, is when you are done with something, Mm -hmm. you just feel like you can just not even take your ball and go home, Mm -hmm. but like leave all of your trash behind and just go. And 
Fordlandia had to build roads, rail, electricity, uh, water tower, plumbing, irrigation. All of that had to be put into the construction just so that they could start to build factories and yeah, homes and hospitals. All, the stuff all the infrastructure. Literally reminds me of when like France tried to build the Panama Canal mm-hmm. and everybody died. Yeah. Because it's awful. Right. They literally just left their tractors and left everything mm-hmm. there and were like, all right, we're out. Well, the Panamanians aren't going to do nothing about it. And then now the, what are the Brazilians supposed to do? So all of this stuff is left mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, we're out. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about, you know, the hot, humid air. Yeah. I'm sure the metals are going to be great. I'm sure the buildings are going to be awesome. Well, and have you seen it? Cause I, I, yeah, I, let's start looking at some of the pictures yeah, of it. I, I noticed that the, the metal rusted, but I was really grossed out by some of the walls and ceilings were so covered in what I appeared was mold. It looked like it. And uh, I can't imagine that being good for your lungs. No. But well, people live there. They're they still, do yes. now. So one of the things I was reading about too was like the x-ray machines and the medical equipment. Uh-huh. Like you have just like... All of these, you can't just leave these things out. Well, see, that's where you're wrong, Mark. Um, You can. Well, because you know what happens (laughs) is people come through and loot it. Yeah. And they take everything. So the town was looted a couple times Mm -hmm. after uh, the Americans left. And sort of the phoenix of the story Mm -hmm. is that the town is still a town. It is. You you still have teachers. You've got families. They're using... Uh, some of the old buildings. Some of the old built. Some of the old equipment. Some of those lathes that they used. I mean, they, they couldn't. Ma- they couldn't bring in parts. They had to make their parts. So they brought in, in the, in the twenties and thirties, they brought in giant metal lathes and giant wood cutting material that some of the indigenous people still get to use. And what I saw is, I guess I saw three thousand people living there in mm-hmm. two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Uh, now I think they've abandoned rubber. Planting. Not not the move. Yeah. Now, how does this work out for Ford's tires? Mm. 1945, we have synthetic rubber. What? At the edge, at the end of World War II. Okay. So as the environmentalist, and I need you to do me a favor and not tell anybody that I'm asking this, um, we no longer make rubber tires. From rubber trees? Yes. I don't think so. We have chemically... Take a lot of rubber trees, Bubba. I'm, I'm we got em- a lot of we got a lot of cars. I'm embarrassed. You ever and- been to a Les Schwab? You know how many trees that would take? <laughs> I hate the smell of tires, by the way. Oh, I love it. Seriously? Yeah, I don't know what it is about it. I think it's the chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, synthetic rubber. You know, World War II required all the rubber in the That's world. That's right. Now that you remember mentioned the, that. Remember the poster? When you ride alone, you ride with Hitler. Yes, and there's so, a little in the, outline. Yeah, yeah. like a little ghost. <laughs> so great. Yeah. So we're trying to save rubber, trying uh-huh. to save tires, trying to do all that, trying to figure out the war. Mm-hmm. Wars do what they do, which mm-hmm. is create innovation. Yes. And are probably some of the best things for society and of course, outside of the loss of human life. And Ford gets to walk away from Brazil, and he's now making, helping to make airplanes and, and tanks and that sort of thing. So I don't think Ford came on the uh, losing end. I am surprised that the Ford company didn't just donate the land back to Brazil and take the write off. They have that back then? Did they not? I don't know. I okay. Like, I don't well, you know who needed the money at the time was the US government. That's Here's true. The 19, Great Depression. 19, I don't think you can afford to lose any money. That's a good point. What a weird story though, right? I know. And and the idea that Ford and his ideas and he, he tried to transplant them into a completely different part of the world. 
And it's not that they were bad ideas. They just didn't work there at that time because it just wasn't the right time. I'm kind of happy they didn't work. Uh, yeah, I'm... I, I really like the idea that the world is diverse and runs under different rules in mm -hmm. different areas. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's science. Well, I don't know what that is. That's social science. Well, tomato, tomato. I've heard it both ways. It's That's fine. what we do. Yeah. But we got to go. We do. And you know what's funny is not only was uh, Henry Ford uh, an innovator, but he was also quite the wordsmith. Um, and he got, a little, a, got a little wisdom of the week I got us? some wisdom of the week. Uh, Henry Ford once said, I'd like to know when he said it, uh, the only real mistake is the one from which uh, we learn nothing. And I'm, I, I would love to sit down and ask him, hey, wh what'd you learn uh, from the Fordlandia uh, debacle? It's uh, definitely like a little minor stain on mm -hmm. his impeccable career. Yeah. But it's not written in the history books. No, because seldom do the history books are filled with mistakes. For sure. Yeah, so, only the winners get to write history. He was a winner. Yeah, he was. He was. But, hey, man, I, it was good to seeing you. I, I think you shouldn't be a stranger. Let's do this again. There's a lot of things that the world has forgotten that we need to uh, tell our people about. We're only doing forgotten cities from now until the end of time. Well, there's some other forgotten things. Yeah. I've been really pushing the one, and I'm not getting a lot of traction hey, from you. Okay, okay, I'm just okay. saying. We'll cover it. I got I, I, we got a good one for you. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thanks for joining us this week. We hope to uh, talk to you soon. Yes, absolutely. Happy right. summer. Bye. Bye.